today on Laura Lynn and Friends. They deleted this data from the government websites at the same time. Both of the provinces, roughly within a few days of each other, deleted all the vaccination status data from the government websites just when it became apparent that the triple vaccinated were the sickest group of individuals in Alberta and British Columbia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. You can't tell me? No? Okay. Um, yeah, so I've had some drama going on. I have uh, people that have been uh, extremely grateful calling me, thanking me for um, the exposure of Ezra Healing, and um, it continues to be a very odd thing. Um, I didn't say it lightly that there seems to be um, an extremely um, sexual deviant sort of thing going on. Um, I've had numerous people calling me with more evidence of that. I've had more screenshots sent to me. So it's not fun for me. This isn't, isn't my idea of a good time to come against another freedom group. But I, I have stated my piece that when we are purporting to be Christians then it doesn't make any sense to me that we are putting out things that are of complete occult practices, that we're promoting Reiki, that we're promoting different divinations, and that these people literally operating as witches are sending curses against not only myself but others in the group who dare to challenge them. And so very, very, very strange things happening. You need only to go to the Facebook pages of uh, the leaders of Ezra and have a look at the cultic pictures that are posted openly by them. Um, no one of God, of the one true God, would be posting that. So I stand by what has happened. I appreciate all your prayers, all your support, all the people that have contacted me to let me know. So in light of that, I always read from my dad's Bible. I opened it up today, and it's so funny. Something really amazing happens because uh, my, my dad, you know, I just miss him so much, and he was such a godly man, and he loved the Word of God, and he would underline from stem to stern on this particular page that I opened, there's, you know, 20 different places. He's outlined in different colors of ink. But it just seems like in an amazing way, I fall to a place that is important for what I'm talking about. And that really, that I think that's wonderful. I think the Lord is, the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit's helping me to do that. So today I open it up and my dad has underlined in John 10, Verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, and it says, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I think it's important as we're discussing um, what is real and not real that we follow only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't follow any other spirit guides, 
We don't listen to demons. We don't entertain sorcerers and witchcraft and witches. None of that. We enter in by the gate where the Lord has showed us the way because whoever climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So I stand by that and uh, I'm not backing down from any of that. And I've even had um, messages from a pastor who has since, they came under extreme attack after having Ezra healing meeting in their church. And they have all gone into the room where it took place in their church. They have prayed over it and re-sanctified it and asked the blessing of God to be back in that room. That's how serious this spirit is. And it's the spirit, they said this, the spirit of Jezebel. And this is serious. All of this is nothing that I want to be bringing up, but we have to have integrity in this movement and honor and truth. And these people are talking about consorting with demons. I'm not saying they are. They literally, that is exactly what they're doing, right? Um, they're spirit mediums and all of this. They're all the hocus pocus, stardust, blah, blah, blah. All nonsense. All of their stuff is nonsense. It's nonsense. And they're deceiving people. So I don't align with any of that. I want science, facts, and the one true God. That's it for me. And I know that's it for most of you out there. So um, I want to show you just a couple things. We have the incredible Dr. William Mackis, a hero in Canada at this point, somebody who has fought and stood and told the truth. And I so appreciate what he is up against and what he does for us as a people in giving us the facts, the statistics. Last night, uh, more locally, I just want to show you a Chilliwack School District board meeting in which my friend Tanya Gaw, Daryl Ferguson are in this uh, video. Take a look. Parents and caregivers have the right to request that children not have access to a given item provided in a written request. Sorry, um, made. I, that's been 30 seconds now, so that's your time. So you can have a seat and let someone else. Can I not borrow somebody else no, two minutes? No, you can sit down, please. Because Thank there's you. a lot of those no, kinds you of can questions. Sit down, please. Thank you. As to who is, how these things are all You've been cut off now, so you can sit down, please. Thank you. All right, I'm Tanya Ga, and this is regarding the learning resources. I'm just wondering, there's been a lot of controversy, of course, and a lot of concerned parents coming forth who aren't getting answers to their questions. And I know the board, through their association, the trustees have been told that they are, um, uh, aside from in, in, uh, not able to be, sorry, I'm not saying that right, um, indemnification. And they've been told under Section 94.1 that they're indemnified of the uh, concerns regarding the criminal aspect of this. But if you go to Section 94.2a uh, and Section 4, it's very, very clear that the board can be held liable. And so there's a lot of concerns. You all um, need to comply with the criminal code. And as I said, there's a lot of concerns about these materials being pornographic. It's been confirmed. This is not only in Canada, but around the world. And the board has an absolute duty to protect the hearts and minds of our children. So my question is, regarding the learning resources, have you considered the indemnification of you each personally have a duty to uphold the criminal code and according to the Teachers Act, Section 94, uh, 2A and 4? My question is a legal question. What legal grounds is, does School District 33 stand on 
in regards to books with explicit sexual material. So this is not about the sexual preferences of any trustee on this board because there seems to be a lot of diversity. So we celebrate diversity. But this is not about trustees. This is about legality. I just want to read briefly. Yes? It is. It's about learning resources. Thank you very much. Okay, and my question is to the superintendent, what legal stance has the superintendent taken in regards to the criminal code? Let me just briefly read. There are strict definitions times it wasn't considered child pornography. So I've t I'm turning off your mic, uh, Dr. Ferguson. Yeah, um, we're not doing this. There's no illegal material in our schools. That's highly defamatory. No, I'm not going to let you. Sorry. Too bad. No, it's not true. There is no illegal material in our schools. It is not a thing that is happening. So you can have a seat now. Thank you. You can come up. Thank you. Simple question. And I didn't ask you specifically for a reason because I knew your answer. So I'm asking the super, does the district have... The superintendent is not chairing this meeting. This is a meeting of the board and I've told you to sit down. Thank you. People can either obey the rules of order of this meeting or you'll be asked to leave. What is the legal standing? That's all I ask. Of the superintendent of the school district. Now, if you don't know it, you can't say we don't care. Does the superintendent have understand the legal standing? That's all it is in regards to materials. None of what you're saying is on the public record because I've turned off your mic, just so you know. Have a seat, Dr. Ferguson. I love it. <laughs> Way to go, Dr. Ferguson and Tanya Gaw. So some of the pictures that are now in public schools, I can't show you. I literally, I put up a picture that was in a public school book and I got banned on Facebook for 30 days. That was about a year ago. I was like, that's my point. How is this okay that it's in schools, but you put it up on Facebook and you get banned? Oh, a little bit of a double thing going on there, right? These people are perverts. And of course, you've got sitting there this uh, Bondar woman, and we, we showed her sexual sexualized video, right? And she's still, you know, the people of Chilliwack still voted her on to be a trustee. Everybody's lost the plot about, about control controlling what our children are able to see and who is in charge of that. So well done to Tanya Gaw and Daryl Ferguson for standing up against this, one of the most evil school district uh, school boards uh, in the country, led by this Willow person who is, you know, just a, a radical, like, does not care about the protection of young women when they tried to put in a, you know, say that girls should not be coming to school with all their, their breasts hanging out and stuff in school. Oh no, she didn't want the protection of young women. You're a, yo, you're, you're talking about a rape culture and you're involved with rape culture, she's saying to anyone who's trying to have the protection of young kids. I mean, she's just so gross and disgusting. It's, it's unbelievable that we're not protecting children. And this is happening, by the way, uh, across North America. Such a problem. I'm going to move on really fast because I want to get to our guest today. Um, is, uh, let's look at a TikTok video about um, Trudeau demanding that we have digital ID. This is so important. Take a look.
So this is a bit of an emergency broadcast regarding the digital IDs. Yesterday in Canada, Justin Trudeau met with all of our provincial premiers and basically told them that we will not be able to get funding for our health care unless the premiers agree to the digital IDs. I will show all the proof. Now, those of you who think that digital IDs are great, they are not. Let me show you what, the, what these digital IDs will actually entail when it comes to control. Here's an overview basically of everything that will be included in the digital IDs. This can be found on the WEF website and also on all of the provincial and government websites. You will have healthcare. You will not be able to access any healthcare without this digital ID. Financial system. You will actually not even be able to carry out bank accounts or carry out anything online regarding financial transactions. Food and sustainability. This says for farmers and consumers, you will not be able to get into stores you will not be able to even sell um, anywhere once they have this system in place this is where the digital currency will come in travel and mobility we saw that with the arrive scam app um, humanitarian responses which is basically just garbage it's in case something happens they will be able to track and find you um, including if you don't want anything injected in your body e-commerce you will not be able to shop online then you have social media platforms. You will literally need this ID in order to get TikTok, Twitter, or Facebook. No more fake accounts. You have e-government. So if you want your taxes done, any sort of benefits from there, you will need this. Then it gets okay. even scarier. Telecommunications. You will not be able to actually get an internet provider without this digital ID. And they will be able to track you. And then up there, you have smart cities. And we all know what those are. Smart cities are. Those good. of you who think... All right. So... That's just a little, I, I am so glad that a young person uh, such as this gal, first time I've ever seen her, is like out on TikTok, putting the information out there, right? We all hope that our kids are all doing this kind of thing. And of course, that brief video with Trudeau, this is one like very fast clip, Trudeau shaking hands with Danielle Smith in Alberta. And you can clearly see. Yeah, that uh, very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll shake hands, take a picture, sit down. These two do not like each other at all. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, I would like to invite uh, Dr. William Marcus, Canadian physician with expertise in radiology, oncology, and immunology, author of over 100 peer-reviewed medical publications. He has been speaking out and has had no end to the problematic dealings uh, with the powers that be over all medical doctors in Canada that don't like the truth being told right now. And yet he continues to fight. He is a courageous man. And I just thank you. Thank you, Dr. Mackis, for being with us here today. You have got a new sub stack and uh, you have continued to uh, be reporting uh, what is going on. So welcome to the show, first of all. And also, might you be able to give us a little bit of background, because that was very brief, on some of what gives you the expert right to speak into the situation that we've been dealing with lately. Thank you very much, Laura Lynn, for having me again. I have training in immunology. Uh, I did a four-year undergraduate degree at University of Toronto, a very extensive degree in immunology. And then I went to medical school um, in Montreal at McGill, and I specialized in radiology and oncology. So I have both training in diagnosing um, and treating uh, mainly cancers. Uh, cancer was my big focus. And um, so that sort of covers the, the wide range of my medical expertise. Thank you so much. Um, your 
uh, recent reporting sort of uh, has has given you a, a bit of international even uh, acclaim with reporting on what has been happening with the doctors. Um, is there any uh, updates to what you've been finding out there before we go into your latest Substack articles? The doctors continue to die suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, it just the trend has continued since the rollout of the COVID vaccines. Uh, I've tracked it, you know, initially it was 32, then 80, 93. It's now in the 120s. Um, I'm hoping to put out uh, an update um, on Twitter and I'm hoping to get back on Twitter. I'm one of the few doctors that still hasn't been allowed to come back on Twitter. And then, you know, I'm starting to wonder if the Trudeau government has had anything to do with that since uh, there has been such a tremendous censorship uh, and attacks on Canadian doctors. Um, you know, in January, there were three weekends in a row that I was attacked by the mainstream media. I was attacked uh, by Global News, uh, a journalist called Ashley Stewart, who did a hit piece on my reporting of Canadian doctor sudden deaths. Um, I was attacked for exposing the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons in that they had given recommendations to their doctors to consider psychiatric medications for their unvaccinated patients. So I was attacked on that. Um, I was attacked by the mainstream media saying that, uh, you know, I have been the cause of um, violence and uh, looting or, or uh, you know, vandalism done on the offices of the College of Physicians and Surgeons in Ontario, where now they've barred the public from accessing the premises because people are angry that the college is silencing physicians and preventing them from speaking out vaccine injuries and the mainstream media is blaming it on me and and you know the viral clip that um interview clip that we did in grand prairie uh in mid-november uh, when this all came to light so i faced a lot of attacks um recently about this they really want the story of canadian doctors dropping dead suddenly and unexpectedly to go away they don't want anyone asking questions. They don't want anyone investigating it. And these deaths continue to happen. Um, and doctors are dying at record rates. 2022 was the highest death rate for doctors in the past four years. And it has risen steadily. The, the previous record was 2021. And now the new record is 2022. And it goes hand in hand with the recent report by CBC that there have been over 10,000 excess deaths in Alberta since the start of the pandemic. And this was reported by CBC a few days ago. Over 10,000 Albertans have died of unknown causes. These are excess deaths beyond the, the background death rate or mortality rate in Alberta. And, um, you know, just last year alone, 4,000 Albertans are estimated to have died of unknown causes. This is from Statistics Canada. And we had a report this past summer that in 2021, about three and a half thousand Albertans died of unknown cause, and it was the number one cause of death in Alberta. So, you know, we have Albertans dying, we have a skyrocketing excess mortality. And, you know, I believe that the vast majority of these deaths are probably COVID-19 vaccine deaths that are being covered up and they're being covered up because these deaths are not being investigated. Um, we have no autopsies being done. And, you know, the government is really trying to uh, cover up the fact that we are facing a tsunami of COVID-19 vaccine injuries and deaths now. 
Unbelievable. And who would want to be covering this up? Why, you know, how many people can they be paying off to keep silent on all of this? When you see the data and you are getting your all of your information from basically government websites and information that is available if anyone went digging deep enough, right? Yeah. The 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 mainstream media seems so culpable in and and useless in telling the truth to the public. You know, it's very interesting. Um, you know, we start to ask once you have thousands of Albertans dying, and this is happening in all the highly COVID vaccinated countries. You know, there have been about 300,000 excess deaths in the United States last year, uh, 54,000 excess deaths in the UK, uh, 42,000 excess deaths in Australia, 91,000 excess deaths in Japan. So this is happening in all the highly vac COVID vaccinated countries. And, you, you know, you look at and you say, OK, what did the government know and when did the government know it? And I went digging into the government website, into the Wayback Machine, which fortunately has recorded a lot of this, this data that the government used to put out that eventually the government just kept deleting and deleting and deleting as the data you know, was getting worse and worse. And really the government has known almost since the very beginning that these COVID-19 vaccines were causing injuries and deaths. In June of 2021, uh, Jason Kenney's government put out on the government website um, data on in a section called vaccine outcomes. And you have it right there. That's a very good thing to start with. It's, it's the first thing that they put out was the vaccine effectiveness of Moderna, Pfizer, and AstraZeneca being around 90%. Now we know that you know those numbers were completely bogus, but that's what they were pushing on the Alberta public. And that's what they were showing us that these vaccines are supposedly highly effective. You know, and then they had these other graphs uh, showing um, the cases, hospitalizations or deaths and how long ago did you have your first or second vaccine shot uh, until you were diagnosed with COVID-19. And I think that um, they had put this out because, you know, they were hoping that it was going to show that the vaccines were protecting people and that, you know, people who were vaccinated were doing extremely well. And actually, the exact opposite happened. Um, as time went by, especially in 2021, uh, the double vaccinated started getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And by January 2022, the sickest group of individuals in Alberta by far were the double vaccinated. And so the government's own data was showing that the vaccines were destroying the immune systems of the double vaccinated who were getting sick by the tens of thousands um, okay. by January 2022. And you can see the progression on some of these graphs that the double vaccinated just keep getting sicker and sicker. They're being hospitalized. They're dying. And that's when the vaccine rollout really should have ended in Alberta. January right. 2022 is when the vaccine rollout should have completely ended. Uh, the government should have said, OK, these people are getting sick, the double vaccinated, and they were getting sick the most around six months out after their second vaccine dose. Right. So, so what something we're going to do, happening. Dr. Mackis, what we're going to do, yeah. I'm going to let YouTube go right now um, and ask you to go over to Rumble because uh, so far we're telling you exactly what is on the uh, 
the data that you can see. It's absolutely squareable. So uh, before we have any more uh, talk about it, we're just going to let go of YouTube. Go over to rumble.com and it is in the chat line where you can click on. We love you, YouTube. See you again tomorrow. Um, and just go over to Rumble for Dr. Mackis continued uh, information. Okay. Take it away, sir. So the government knew that the COVID vaccines were damaging the double vaccinated. They were damaging the immune systems. And those people were doing extremely poorly, especially in that big Omicron uh, wave in the winter, uh, December 2021, January 2022. And in, instead of stopping the vaccine rollout, they just deleted the data. And they deleted the data right off their website. And then um, they started rolling out the booster shot. And the booster shot, um, you know, we knew, I mean, the doctors that, you know, were competent to any sort of uh, degree knew that the booster shots had failed in Israel back in August of 2021, when Israel had a huge breakout of COVID. It, it was the number one uh, country in the world for infections, and they were the most boosted country in the world. Wow. So everyone knew that the boosters didn't work. Uh, back in August 2021. So the Alberta government must have known that too. Uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, the public health chief, knew this. She was the one running the website and giving us all the data. But instead, the Alberta government doubled down and started rolling out the booster shots in everybody. Uh, what I've again tracked down with the government of, of Alberta website, and I've put this out in a multi-part series on my Substack, so everyone can go and they can actually go through these government graphs one by one and see uh, just how bad the government's own data was on how bad these vaccines were. So they roll out the, the booster shots and they start showing different graphs, uh, which are case rate infections by vaccination status. So you can see how the unvaccinated, double or triple vaccinated are doing um, with this you know, COVID outbreak. And for a very brief period of time, it seemed like the booster shots were protecting people. So for about two months, the triple vaccinated people were doing better than anybody else. Uh, but that, la that was a very, very short period. And the government kept putting that data out every single day. And then you start to see a, a, a flip and suddenly the triple vaccinated are not doing well at all. And they eventually become the worst group of all of them. Um, and if you scroll down a, a little bit uh, more, you can sort of start to see that. Uh, you can see in these graphs just how badly the double vaccinated were doing. They're the ones getting sickest the most. And this is, you know, January 2022. And the triple vaccinated are doing, you know, they're doing pretty well for a little bit. And then the boosters failed. And the boosters failed in the government's own data on February 15th, 2022. And that's when the triple vaccinated took over and they had the highest infection rate of any group in Alberta. And so again, you would think that the government would have said, okay, let's halt the vaccine rollout. Now these vaccines are damaging the triple vaccinated individuals. And the government just kept the, the vaccine rollout going. And when 
there was a new wave that Alberta was going into in March 2022, a new COVID wave. That wave was being led by the triple vaccinated. That's when the Alberta government deleted all of that data. Wow. So you see, you see just cover up after cover up after cover up. And so then we basically end up with a pandemic of the triple vaccinated that lasted from March to about June and really has lasted ever since because the people who are flooding the hospitals now are the triple vaccinated. And so the government still continued to tell us the hospitalization data until about summer, July of 2022. And that's when you see that the triple vaccinated are just being completely destroyed by COVID-19. Their, you know, their immune systems are completely shot. And that's when both the Alberta and the British Columbia governments decided that they would no longer report who's in the hospitals and what is their vaccine status, who is dying and what is their vaccine status. And that's when the government killed all the vaccination data completely. And who was conducting these cover-ups? It was our public health chief, Dr. Dina Hinshaw in Alberta. In British Columbia, it was uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry. And they, um, they deleted this data from the government websites at the same time. Both of the provinces, roughly within a few days of each other, deleted all the vaccination status data from the government websites just when it became apparent that the triple vaccinated were the sickest group of individuals in Alberta and British Columbia. So this is absolutely you know, shocking information that anyone can go back into the Wayback Machine. It takes a little bit of time, but you can go back to the Wayback Machine and actually see what the government was putting out and when they started deleting data that looked bad for the COVID-19 vaccines. And so now we have, you know, we have excess mortality that is through the roof and it and it's and it's exploding in every single highly covid vaccinated country uh, in alberta we've got 4000 albertans that died last year alone excess mortality most probably covid vaccine related and we had a public health chief dr dina hinshaw who received a $200,000 bonus for conducting all this data fraud on the government website she gets that on top of her $350,000 salary. So now she's making over half a million dollars to basically deny Albertans good data about vaccine outcomes. And then, you know, at least Premier Danielle Smith fired her on day one that she became Premier. She fired the, uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, the public health chief. And guess what? The British Columbia just rehired her. Now we have her. her. Exactly. Now you have her. So we have the, you know, the, the twins uh, of deception, um, Dina Henshaw and Bonnie Henry together in British Columbia. And if that doesn't send a shiver down your back, down your spine, British Columbians, it should in light of all of this information. Absolutely shocking. And so you, you put this out. Um, do you get in trouble for... Um, this kind of information specifically, or do they just kind of, they don't want to even acknowledge it? Well, I can tell you, um, I can't really get into trouble because this is the government's own data. I have not taken anything that wasn't 
directly taken from the Alberta government's own website. So this was data that was um, approved by the government. It was put out by the government. And all I did was now, of course, this is no longer available on the government website. So all I did was I went to the Wayback Machine and I just went date after date after date. And all of this data is saved in the Wayback Machine. So people can go back. Um, I extract the most shocking and interesting graphs um, and I've I've put out a, 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 an article series on my new Substack um, that shows, you know, these very interesting graphs that the government didn't really want Albertans to see. But and once they got really bad, the government just deleted it off their website and, you know, didn't give a press release, didn't give a notice to Albertans. They basically just delete it. And when they do their final data deletion in the summer of 2022, when the vaccinated make up 89% of all COVID deaths is the moment that they pull the plug on all the vaccination data in the hospitals. Um, they actually deleted an entire section from the government website, which was called vaccine outcomes. And that section just completely disappears from one day to the next. And it's never spoken of again. So what we see is, is, is the complicity of the government the Alberta government, and this was Jason Kenney's government, where they knew that Albertans were being harmed by the tens of thousands, the double vaccinated, the triple vaccinated were being harmed by the COVID vaccines. And you could see from the way they were being infected by COVID, it's like they had AIDS. It's like they had no functioning immune system left after they took their two jabs or three jabs. And the government knew this every step of the way and instead of stopping the vaccine rollout, as they should have done, as Dina Hinshaw should have done, um, and the Minister of Health at the time, Tyler Shandro, and then Jason Copping, they should have stopped the vaccines and called for an investigation into why so many Albertans were getting sick. Instead, you could see that they just delete the data that looks bad, they double down on the booster shots, and they just keep rolling on with the vaccines as if nothing happened. Unbelievable. And uh, even as you've continued to report uh, the deaths of the doctors, uh, you've also reported recently on Jaden Lopez. Uh, he died at age 19. And uh, this is an article about a community mourning his death. And why was this significant that you've brought to speak of on your Substack? I've been getting a, a lot of contacts uh, through my email from people telling me um, especially in regards to sudden deaths, whether it's been doctors, whether it's been nurses, dentists, optometrists, um, all kinds of healthcare professionals. And really in the past few months, it's been the kids. There have been a lot of sudden deaths in young kids. I've started tracking them and I've started uh, reporting on them because nobody else is, nobody else is talking about it. And so someone had contacted me from his church and they said, well, you know, the priest was talking about giving a sermon about um you know how quickly things can can change and how life can you know change so on and they brought up this this tragic uh death of this perfectly healthy 19 year old boy in edmonton and i live in edmonton uh, alberta and uh sure enough um you know i i i, I located uh, him and and i was told that um you know he um, he had the vaccines uh, and the parents had heard uh, 
a loud noise in his room, and I think he had he had collapsed in his room uh, at night, and he died. He died suddenly. Uh, I think uh, there was an and there was an attempt for CPR uh, to be done, and it was unsuccessful. And this is a perfectly healthy nineteen-year-old boy, and. What's troubling is that this has been happening at a very, very high frequency in the past few months. Uh, I've tracked, it's now about 58 children have died, Canadian children have died suddenly in the past, well, since November 1st, um, in the past three months. And you can see, actually, uh, this is very, very recent. Is It's now being reported that there is a skyrocketing excess deaths among children aged 0 to 14 in Europe. And look at the look at the number of excess deaths in 2022. 2,000 excess deaths of children ages zero to 14 in Europe. Uh, and again, this is something that nobody's talking about. Certainly, in the mainstream media, the health authorities are, aren't talking about it. It's happening here in Canada as well. So I want to bring that you know to the attention of of anybody. Um, I've put it on my Substack, and I've let people know that I'm actually going to put out a much more in-depth report of the 58 children who've died in the past three months suddenly in Canada that absolutely no one is talking about. Many of these children are athletic. They are in athletics. They're hockey players, soccer players, football. There was a 13-year-old girl in Regina Saskatchewan, who was in a uh, minor league football team. They had won uh, a championship. She was the most improved player. She collapsed and died suddenly 13 years old. This was just a couple of weeks ago. There was another boy in a, another boy in a baseball uh, academy who had collapsed and died at 18 years old. Um, so these are kids who had to be mRNA vaccinated in order to access sports arenas in order to access sports facilities. They had to be mRNA vaccinated to continue to play sports. And this was a crime. This was a crime against these children. This was a crime against these families. We had it happen here in Alberta. I remember when I was, uh, I was taking my kids swimming, I was thinking, thank God they are under 12 years old. Otherwise they would not allow them to set foot in the facility to get their swimming lessons, um, you know, because they didn't take the mRNA vaccines. And this affected, you know, thousands of Canadian families who have their kids in sports, especially in hockey, but in other sports as well. And these provincial health authorities forced the mRNA vaccines on all of these athletic kids. And now we see a skyrocketing mortality in these athletic kids, especially in high school, ages 12 to 19 is the most common age for these sudden deaths. And no one is talking about it. So I'm going to be putting out a, a, a more in-depth report on that sometime this weekend. And I just want to get it out there and get it to people's attention. I thank you very much for doing that. Um, it's interesting that it's not just Canada. Uh, and why do you think Europe is showing a very high number of excess deaths? Is it they have more people and more vaccine rollout, perhaps? Well, you know, they did roll out vaccines in kids in Europe. Now, certain countries then, for some reason, um, decided to stop the booster shots uh, for kids under 18. 
And so they were halted in Denmark. They were halted in Sweden, Finland, and Norway. And I think they saw something very problematic with the first two doses. I actually believe they saw increased mortality uh, in these kids, and they decided to be proactive, especially in these Scandinavian countries. They decided to be proactive, and they actually banned the booster shots for anyone under 18. In fact, in Denmark, they banned the booster shots in everyone under 50. And now what we're seeing in Canada is we're seeing a similar kind of um, walking back by the health authorities, where in Quebec, now the authorities are saying that they're not going to recommend booster shots in anybody under 65. Right. Right. And this is new. And, and why is this happening? Well, they won't tell us because they were complicit in the rollout of these vaccines. They were complicit in the injuries, post-vaccine injuries, and in the sudden deaths and with these excess mortality that we're seeing across the board. And the excess mortality is really big. When, when you look at I was looking at the numbers of excess mortality in all the highly vaccinated countries. And I'll give you a very quick rule of thumb that uh, anyone can check for themselves. And in 2022, all the highly vaccinated countries lost one in a thousand people, died of the entire population. Now you may say, well, one in a thousand is not a lot. But if you compare it to a population in the United States like that has 300 million people, that's 300,000 people died in 2022 alone. And these were excess deaths that normally wouldn't have happened. Now, CBC recently is trying to attribute these deaths to COVID-19, and they're saying, well, you know, we're probably under-reporting COVID-19 deaths. And, you know, the lockdowns, people didn't uh, go to their doctor and they didn't get their cancer uh, screening done and so on. And there may be a very small factor to this, but the vast majority of these deaths are going to end up being deaths from the COVID-19 vaccines. And the health authorities know this. They're covering it up right now. But what you're going to see is they're going to be rolling back. They're going to be rolling back these recommendations for booster shots. It's already starting in Quebec. And I, I think we're going to see that across the provinces very soon. They're going to say, oh, you don't need to get your booster shot. Um, you know, uh, we're not recommending it anymore. So th that will be very good news for all of us. But um, they are not going to want to take accountability for any of this, right? They're going to continue to attack doctors like yourself. Dr. Charles Hoff, Dr. Trozzi, Dr. Paul Alexander. They're going to continue to ta attack Patrick Phillips. Um, good doctors who have been on the forefront saying we've got a problem and they attack them, silence them, attempt to take away their, their you know, way of um, making any uh, funds for themselves. Their career is gone. And in spite of all of this information, they just seem to be able to put out, oh, another new document and, and now deleting, actually deleting good information. It seems like it's hard to get true accountability on any of these people. And we are in a real war. That's right. Uh, no one wants to take accountability. No one wants to take responsibility for all the damage that they've done, especially the vaccine injuries and deaths. And what I'm seeing from the colleges of physicians and surgeons across Canada is that they are doubling down on persecuting doctors who would speak out about 
COVID vaccine injuries and deaths. We're seeing it in British Columbia with Bill 36, which is viciously attacking doctors who would speak up about the the harms of the COVID-19 vaccines. They're threatening doctors with license suspension. They're threatening them with $200,000 penalties, six months of imprisonment. They are encouraging doctors to report their own colleagues for misinformation. Uh, And now they're making vaccination mandatory for doctors and nurses as a as a requirement of their license, their medical license. So doctors won't even be able to keep their medical license in British Columbia unless they take these jabs every three months, let's say. So doctors are really have been backed into a corner here um, because the colleges are doubling down and the health authorities, the provincial public health authorities are doubling down as well. Now, Danielle Smith fired Dina Hinshaw. Uh, Unfortunately, she replaced her with someone who's just as bad, if not worse. This is Dr. Mark Joffe from Alberta Health Services. He used to be a vice president at AHS. And in December of 2021, when the double vaccinated were getting absolutely hammered in Alberta with infections and their immune systems were destroyed and it looked like they had AIDS, Dr. Mark Joffe came out and said, don't walk, run to get your booster shot. And that was his recommendation as an infectious disease specialist and an AHS vice president who said ivermectin doesn't work, so he blocked ivermectin from being used in Alberta. He said, don't walk, run to get your booster shot, even though the government knew that the vaccines were destroying the immune systems of tens of thousands of Albertans, right? So these people are just being cycled around from position to position, you see Dina Hinshaw is being dumped into British Columbia to be the chief of, chief of staff, the deputy public health chief for Dr. Bonnie Henry. And of course, BC hired her because she's done the cover-ups in Alberta for the past two years. She has covered up all the vaccine injury data for us, and Jason Kenney paid her a $200,000 bonus for doing so. And now that she is jobless in Alberta and she was fired, Now, of course, the BC NDP government hires her to help them conduct cover-ups in British Columbia. It's absolutely shocking what's what's happening. God help us all. Thank you, Dr. Mackis. We will continue to watch everything that you put out. We'll continue to have you on the show, and we'll continue to highlight everything that you're doing. As I know, the world is beginning to see the work that you're doing, and uh, I hope that you have international success in bringing truth and outing all of this deception. Thank you for your time today. Thank you very much, Laura Lynn. I'm going to continue putting um, these in-depth articles out on my Substack, which is uh, macusmd.substack.com. And, you know, people can access it, you know, get a free subscription. Um, I'm giving full access, um, complimentary access to everybody for at least a week. Because uh, I want this information to to get out, and I'm going to continue putting out, you know, in-depth pieces like this um, that really show that you know the authorities they knew well what was going on, and we're now stuck with you know thousands of people dying with what they're calling excess mortality, and you know we have a tsunami of vaccine-injured people, and these people don't know who to turn to because you know you can't trust your government. You can't trust your health authorities. You can't trust, you know, the colleges. You you can't trust most doctors. And really, doctors need to.
to wake up and start speaking out about this and start pushing back um, and, and really find some courage to, to push back because we're seeing just tremendous uh, injuries and deaths and really suffering. Albertans are suffering by the thousands. And something has to change drastically. And, I, and you know, I'll, I'll keep uh, speaking out about this as much as I can. We are so very grateful for you. You're a hero to us. Please know that for every negative complaint and every negative situation you have to deal with, you have, um, I would say, millions of Canadians that are actually standing in support of the information you're bringing because you're helping us to be set free. And we really need you. And we thank you. And uh, may God bless your, your journey of truth. Thank you very much. Thank you, Larlin. Thank you. Unbelievable. Oh, well, this is, um, this is amazing that people are beginning to stand up and are fighting back on all of that data. I can't believe that they're just erasing data so that we can't even see the truth of it. And then they stop reporting on what's going on with the hospitals being filled with the triple vaccinated. Um, absolutely shocking. So I'd like to welcome on now uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood. We have had him before, and he is from the United States of America. And Dr. Sherwood, I just, I'm so grateful uh, that you've taken the time to be with us. Thank you very much. And I know you have an appointment you're heading to, and you're so gracious to give us some time. We watched your... Um, your uh, State of the Union address last night with uh, Biden, and it was rather interesting. I'm, I'm sure you probably caught some some bits of that. I did. Um, I got to tell you, I was I was not surprised at the uh, lack of content, the volume of politicization, nonsense, and gibberish. Um, on one hand, I'm sad, honestly, Laura Lynn, from a a Christian standpoint, because I see a man who's obviously not got his faculties. And I think that from a human standpoint, I feel bad from a leadership standpoint, completely unacceptable, delusional, and not okay. That is not what a leader does. Leader has the ability to look at things honestly. And, you know, even like Dr. Mackis was saying earlier, and I appreciate him so much. I echo your sentiments. Everything you said about him, true. Uh, we are with you all the way. But the ability of leaders to come back and say, you know, I'm sorry, that's the mark of a true leader. And uh, we're not we're not seeing that these days. And it makes me very sad. We noted uh, in one clip, I wanted to show it to you that it seems like Biden can have his faculties only when he's angry. It seems like he can suddenly like just really like hurl some things. Uh, let, let's show this clip and I'll get your take on it. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. <laughs> he, he likes to get that anger or, you know, once in a while, uh, even with reporters, you know, he'll just like, he'll get those beady eyes, right, and say something. But it has been um, a very embarrassing, I would say. I'm American. I'm also Canadian. But it's been embarrassing to have a leader that says, um, you know, things in, in a very bad way that that you're right it makes it look like it's very obvious that he's got some sort of dementia definitely setting in and how does that make you as Americans feel safe when you've got these balloons going over your country and no one's dealing with it we don't feel safe at all 
I mean, look, um, America has done a, a, a poor job of a lot of things. We've had a lot of blessings from God, but we've squandered those blessings a lot. And we don't even acknowledge God as a, as the God of our nation anymore. And that's very sad. Um, that comment on what, uh, you know, president Biden was acting like there is completely unbecoming of a leader. No question about it. And, but it's par for the course, Laura Lynn, when you're talking about people that are aging, that are, uh, in states of, you know, plausible and progressive dementia that they, they do lash out. That's very common. We, we hear the stories all the time. In this case, it's a, it's the president of the United States. Uh, but our country, you know, with the, the lack of securing the border, the lack of management of resources, the lack of um, being able to to grab on to potential energy resources that we have in, you know, North America as a whole and outsource that and outsource jobs to communist countries is uh, literally unthinkable. But that's exactly what's happening. So the average patriotic American uh, does not feel safe does not feel represented and and actually in, in a good way is realizing that they have to take back the country themselves, you know, but the, be the people, by the people, for the people. So I think there's some blessing that come out of this if we if we channel that frustration in the right direction. Well, Ted Cruz uh, expressed some frustration as well, and he had a few things to say, and I, I'd love to get your feedback on this clip as well. I don't think Joe Biden will be the Democrat nominee. I think Democrats recognize he's too old. And, and his policies have failed. If you look at the last two years, the extreme policies, the trillions in spending that have fueled massive inflation, the soft on crime, abolish the police, Democrats who've caused the crime spree, or, or the abusive policies. You, you know, every senator is given the opportunity to invite one guest to the State of the Union. My guest tonight was Lieutenant Levi Beard. Lieutenant Beard has been in the Navy for 10 years. He's a sailor who Last year, Joe Biden and the Biden administration tried to fire him because he declined to get the COVID vaccine. And, and Lieutenant Beard won in a federal court injunction against being fired. But right now, the Biden administration is persecuting him. They're litigating against him. They're trying to force him to repay $200,000 in the cost of his postgraduate Naval War College studies and, and, and his bonus, all because of this abusive and now illegal vaccine mandate. And, you know, in the entire speech, Joe Biden didn't once speak to the thousands of soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines and Coast Guardsmen that he fired, that he mistreated. Not a word for them. Wow. Well, he had a lot to say there. What What's your take on some of his points? Senator Cruz is exactly right with this illegal mandate that intruded on our freedom of choice. It was always illegal. And to really put that upon our military is completely unacceptable. To avoid and not address is the most cowardice thing of all. And I know that's strong words, Laura Lynn, but it really is. When you, as a leader, have abused the troops in which you're charged of being the commander in chief of like happened. And I dealt with this personally. I, I wrote multiple, multiple religious exemptions for soldiers across our nation. Some were accepted, some weren't. And it was sad to watch them fight through that, thinking that the career that they chose, the protection and the service they, they upheld for the honor of defending our nation was being trampled upon over a choice of a vaccine that was never really a vaccine. It was never really going to work. 
It was disregarding our natural immune system that God gave us. There's so many plausible, just absolute, clear objectives of denial of the sovereignty of God when you get right down to it. You know, I don't pull any punches with that one. Senator Cruz is right. I do not think that uh, Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee. I think that people are not overtly stupid. You know, they the Democrats want to win. There's no question. And you can't blame them. That's what they do, right? Everybody wants to win. But I don't think they can win uh, because of the age, because of the obvious senility, and because of um, uh, various things that gibberish is going to be highlighted. And I don't think there is a way that he could stand on the debate stage at this point and, and even have a cognitive ability to respond. Exactly. And uh, Kamala Harris is not uh, Kamala Kamala. Uh, however, she, she said it uh, t- several different ways too. But uh, she she is so low in uh, approval ratings, even amongst African Americans. You know where we've got this age of uh, you know wanting to highlight people of color, and yet uh, Kamala Harris is just a abysmal fail- failure. Yeah, I could see the Democratic Party um, going. And I'm, I'm not speaking this. I'm just saying this is my honest opinion. I can see them going with a, a Gavin Newsom or a Gretchen Whitmer, someone of that uh, vein in that light at this point, because I don't think that what they have there is a viable uh, duo to go forward. And certainly with uh, Kamala Kamala going forward as the lead on that perspective, I don't think that that's going to fly either because there's so much disapproval right now from the average American across our country, with the state of our economy, the state of our affairs. And you let a balloon fly across the, you know, flew across Canada, flew across Alaska. I mean, my God, what are we thinking? And and we knew that was coming or we've got some of the worst surveillance ever. Why weren't they getting on the phone and talking to the president of China and saying, you know what, that's coming to Alaska. If it gets even one inch across that, it's going down. And And talking to the prime minister of Canada and saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to let it get in your country. We're going to down it in the, in the country land of Alaska. They could have done that, but they waited all this time to gather data. That's what I stood on in my campaign is that the, Chi- the Chinese are buying land near military bases. All the data that they gathered from this one flyover is not eradicated by a bomb that blows up that balloon on the East Coast. That data is already back already inside of Chinese headquarters, Chinese think tanks, and we've already lost that propaganda war. They called our bluff. They won it. And we blew it on that one, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, do you think, okay, so I was thinking, why would this happen? We all know about Hunter Biden's laptop, right? And uh, all of the misinformation, oh, it's a, a, a Russian uh, collusion story, and that's all proven to be completely false. And we see that the FBI, the CIA, were lying to Twitter and Facebook, telling them that there's some Russian misinformation coming. Now we can openly talk about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop because er- everyone knows that they want to get rid of Biden anyway, so nobody cares anymore about uh, this this young this young man and his, you know, his drug problems and prostitute problems, but also that laptop reveals key information and certainly about monies that Joe Biden seems to have received from China, from anonymous sources to his, you know, his um, 
the organization that he's been involved with. I'm just wondering if you think that that could have something to do with it, that literally, you know, President Xi is on the line saying, hey, uh, you might not want to do anything about the balloon that's going to slowly go across your country because we don't want to have to release and talk about some of the things we've got on you. Well, I do think there's a lot of compromise. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about high-level compromise, high-level treason, if you want to go one level further with it. Um, compromise is really uh, a leadership problem among all nation leaders at this point, because the temptation is to begin to try to make deals with the devil, so to speak, to make deals with communists. And I don't know about you, but it just seems common sense. Um, I'm not going to sit down with Satan himself one day and say, hey, you know what? I know you promised that you won't cut my nose off. Uh, and I know you've tried to kill me a thousand times before, but you promised not to hurt me this time, pretty please. It's it's almost like we try to appease that so that we can maintain favor and maintain power and maintain a monetary gain from that. Make no mistake about it. If you look at the monies that are given from communist China and even communist-ish leaders around the world into these political campaigns, Laura Lynn, it's astronomical. And it's, it's shielded by a bunch of dummy corporations, and yet everyone wants to ignore it. No, the leaders of Canada must be represented by the, for the people of Canada. The leaders of America must be represented for the people of America. End of story. There's no relationship with a country that wants to wipe you off the face of the earth. You figure out a way to deal with them. You keep them at a distance. You call their bluff, and you hold your line. 100%. Um, it, it's just so, it's so wonderful to have amazing, uh, patriots like yourself standing in the gap. You know, um, I really appreciated the rebuttal of, um, uh, Mike Huckabee's daughter, Sarah last night, as she talked, uh, about her, her take on the state of the union address. And she, she addressed the critical race theory and the transgender agenda that is just being put forward in your nation. And, this is an unbelievable war because nobody thought we'd have to fight that men, you know, can be women and women can be men. This is a, a new generation of warfare. It's very sad, isn't it? You know, we never thought that right would be pushed to the bottom and uh, labeled as wrong and yes. clearly wrong would be drawn to the top and labeled as right. We are living in an upside down world. I thought Sarah, uh, Governor Huckabee's, um, response was spot on point. It, it matched the conservative principles, not just the Republican Party. This matched the conservative principles of the people that founded the country. This is the same thing. This is this is not a Republican Democrat thing. This is an American thing. This is a human thing at this point, you know. And I think we all want the same thing. We all want to just be free. We want to have our choices and be left alone. And, and that's the, the wish of most Canadians that I know. It's the wish of most Americans. And we have got to continue to push back against this wrong. And, and I'll tell you, Laura Lynn, I'd rather stand with a, a vocal minority standing in this, the righteous uh, foundation principles of God than I would stand want to stand with the majority who seems to have it all because that minority that stands on the principles of God and are honoring him in all things are going to overwhelmingly defeat all enemy forces because we're already victorious. And we've got to walk like that and step like that and talk like that and be like that in everything we do. And when we do, we're going to be all right in the long run.
Right. I, I want to, uh, just before we let you go, I want to um, give you opportunity to address the rising stand uh, for righteousness. Like black and white is getting a lot more distinct now, a, yeah. a far less gray area that was sort of being allowed. Um, is that something good that's coming out that people are beginning to go this far and no further? We've had enough. Yeah, I think it is is good that evil is being recognized as evil. But, but what is evil and how do we know evil? You, you mentioned it earlier and I was able to catch a little bit of your segment. It's about discernment, isn't it? You know, yes. if you don't have the knowledge of the word of God and better yet have a relationship with the author of the word of God, God himself, uh, we don't know what right and wrong is. Remember, Satan or evil knows scripture because Satan is a created being. And so because of that, he knows scripture very well. We need to know it even better, and we can know the author. When you know the author of the book, the author of the word, you know it better than someone just hears it. So this is the key that we've got to get. We can't just talk this anymore. We have to begin to live it. And the only way to know truth anymore and to really clearly define right and wrong, because there's a definitive truth. It's God, right? We know that. But if we can know truth and to know God and to know God is to know truth, that's the only way to find it. And we've got to go right back to those principles. Know the word, know God, have a relationship with him through Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit communicate through us and to us so he can teach us. And when we do, we'll know truth. And then it'll be easy to define it. But unless we know that line is getting so weird that it can be a subtle shift off. You were talking about that Ezra healing thing. I heard that earlier. And yep. very good, very good pickup on your part. That stuff is out there. We need to be very guarded against that. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I, I do note like there's a rise. When there's a void, a spiritual void in a nation, it's being filled by a lot of fakeness, by a lot of occultic activities. And that's uh, rising. I just saw your Grammys. I'm sure you were shocked by your yeah. Grammys Luciferian presentation. I, I was shocked. But you know what shocked me more? is mm. that there wasn't an outrage right. from mega church leaders, which makes me wonder, just a thought, maybe the mega church leaders aren't Christians at all. Maybe because they didn't say anything, maybe they're like wolves in sheep's clothing. And I read somewhere in a book called the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, that there are people that look like sheep, but are really wolves. So we just got to step up at this point. I'm not surprised Hollywood is compromised. They've sold out to the power of the enemy that is part of this earth. It is available, let's face it. Uh, and it's overt now. I'm thankful for that because it gives people an opportunity to step up and stand up in a righteous way against it. Well, I appreciate you saying that because I've been shocked at what our pastors have said uh, and not said in the last three yeah. years as we have faced complete pandemonium and, uh, you know, the, the tyranny against our freedoms. And so you, you are the real deal. And that's why I like having you on. I like getting your take on what's going on down there. Cause I know that I'll get a biblical and honest perspective. People are asking how to follow you. Would it be fair to say it's uh, Sherwood.tv? Is that your website? Yes, ma'am. And people can follow us there. And we're just out here to communicate truth like everybody else. And, uh, you know, I just ask people right now on behalf of me to pray for you and, and your ministry and pray for us as well. And, 
in anybody that's out there because it's, it's a challenge right now. But you know what? Um, this is how we get stronger, right? It's iron sharpening iron, and this is how we, we grow. And we're getting better. We're getting stronger. And the light of God is always uh, brighter than any darkness. Amen. Amen. I sure appreciate you and your wife and all that you do. Thank you so much, Mr. Sherwood. Uh, please uh, come and uh, weigh in on what's going on down there with us again. We, we really like your take on everything. Thank you. Absolutely. God bless you, Laura Lynn. God bless. Thank you. Absolutely wonderful. I appreciate uh, him. I met him and his wife um, down in the United States at a Clay Clark event. And uh, we've got Clay Clark coming on, I think, next week. Uh, he does these huge events in the States, Reawaken America. And there is actually one that is going to be coming to Canada. It's not with Reawaken, but it is Canada's version of Awaken Canada. And um, so there's going to be a lot more on that. I believe it's being planned for May in the Toronto area, and I will be attending and being part of that. So looking forward to people of Canada rising, and it is time to declare with absolute um, unashamed, unapologetic alliance with the true word of God and with Jesus Christ. And I believe that's how we get to a nation that is healed. Um, I do want to, oh, there's a couple more things, JT, that we should show just before we sign off. What, what do you suggest is next? I'll just give you the floor. Illegal immigrants, is that a video? Oh, a web page, okay. Let's have a look at that. I seem to have lost my list here, so you just go ahead and show me. Illegal immigrants, oh yes, I heard about this. Shipped to Canada from the U.S. with government-funded bus tickets. So guess what, everyone? The problem that they're having in the United States of America is not just their problem, it's going to be our problem too. And if this continues to happen, we can expect more illegal immigrants coming into our country, benefiting uh, from our country, us not knowing who they really are. Often they are showing up without any sort of documentation. Uh, they have found sex traffickers, uh, drug dealers, drug lords, murderers that they have sent back at the, at the U.S. borders when they can find them. But it's, I think it's over 3 million people now that have come into the United States and some of them making their way up to Canada because, because of course, I guess they would believe truly that Canada would be a wonderful place to be and they wouldn't be wrong about that at all. And um, what else do you have, JT? All right, let's go to the Twitter congressional hearings. Had you, did you ever have contact with anybody from the Biden team? No, sir, I did not. We explicitly separated the teams that would interact with campaigns from teams like mine that were responsible for content marketing. How big was the organization in Twitter that was actually working with campaigns? I couldn't say for sure. Did you ever have any contact with the DNC? Directly? No, I did not. Did anybody at Twitter have any contact with anybody at the DNC? I think it's likely that somebody at Twitter did, yes. In these, in these emails, it's listed that these are, think, these are tweets that had to be flagged from the Biden team. That's what's in the files. Um, you have no idea how many people actually interfere, in, uh, engage with the Twitter team or how frequently that engagement happened. No, and again, that was by design. We kept those functions separate from content moderation so that we could impartially assess reports like this. Do you know how many tweets were actually flagged and taken down at the behest of the Biden team? 
I wouldn't agree with the characterization of it as being at the behest of them. These tweets were reported, and Twitter independently evaluated them under its but the, rules. But the, but the email is very clear. More to review from Biden team. The response three hours later at the bottom, hold this up real quick so we can see. The request at the bottom, it says, handled these. What does handled these mean? My understanding is that these tweets contained non-consensual nude photos of Hunter Biden, and they were removed by the company under... Hold on, real quick, Mr. Roth. How can you know so much about the content of these tweets? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, these are just web addresses. I don't know what's in these tweets. You have these things committed to memory that you know the content, but you don't know who you you talk to at the Biden team? Sir, I didn't meet with the Biden team, but there was extensive public reporting about these tweets specifically that uncovered what they were. You know the contents of the tweets. It was obviously at Twitter. But you have no idea how often people who worked in your organization had with the Biden team during the end of the 2020 Okay, so that is Congressman Byron Donalds putting uh, Twitter, you know, under under fire. These are the former executives, right, of Twitter. And Elon Musk has done the world a favor. God bless that man. I mean, even if it's kind of crazy that he wants us to live on Mars or whatever his thinking is. Um, you know, I'm game. I don't want to go to Mars, but I'm fine to just be here on this on this planet that is uh, already having its own troubles. Um, But they are putting them to their feet to the fire on what, how they colluded. And this is all before the last election. And this is all to make um, truth become disinformation. Because now we can talk about the Hunter Biden laptop, as I was just doing with our former guest. But you couldn't talk about that before because the, you know, the, the FBI and the CIA were all colluding with these executives. Uh, they were all the, the Biden team, you know, he says, well, I'm, I, I wasn't meeting with the Biden team or whatever. I mean, everyone was in it to basically allow the Democrats to have full reign of the kind of information that gets out to anybody and everything that's a lie is propagated put forward in the algorithms, all, everything that's truth is banned. People lose their accounts. You know, uh, Dr. Mack is still not getting his Twitter account back and he needs that. I just, I'm just so grateful uh, for Elon Musk actually exposing all of this and using his money. And I think he's lost his place in the world, isn't he? He's not like number one uh, top of the world right now. I think that he's like had to come down a little bit from... Uh, buying, buying this and exposing this truth to the world. Elon's, I abs- Elon's doing all right. Don't worry about him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he'll be giving up any villas anywhere in the world that he might have. Absolutely. Um, so, how about the the breaking email thread found on Hunter Biden's laptop? Uh, this is a website, I think. JT. Proving Crimes by Joe Biden. This is exactly, uh, you know, what we're kind of talking about. But so this is an article from February 8th today. Smoking gun, Hunter Biden laptop exclusive. Burisma asked Hunter to end Ukraine investigation on company. Then Joe Biden threatened the Ukraine and had investigator fired. Do you remember all that? Um, when Biden boasted 
that he got somebody fired, basically, you're not getting the billion dollars unless so-and-so, you know, gets fired. So in his own words, with cameras rolling, Joe Biden described how he threatened the Ukraine president and said that the Obama administration would pull $1 billion in U.S. loan guarantees, sending the former Soviet Republic towards insolvency if the Ukraine didn't immediately fire the prosecutor investigating Burisma Holdings. Joe's son Hunter was on the board of Burisma, making tens of thousands a month for doing nothing but fixing things, in in quotes. Like, all all of this, all of it, it's just nothing but corruption through the whole thing. Biden is guilty. If if Donald Trump had done anything close to this, there would be an impeachment, and he probably would have been impeached on, on charges like this. It's shocking. It's right there in front of our faces, and yet, you know, they just... Somehow, that man continues to be in power, and nobody's impeaching him. That is the shocking part. Um, investigative journalist Seymour Hersh writes, Hirsch. Uh, oh, Hirsch writes of how the U.S. blew up Russia's Nord Stream gas pipeline. And you will remember this. I mean, there were people in the United States of America who said, um, you know, if this war continues, there will be uh, no Nord Stream pipeline. And then all of a sudden it blows up. Everybody blames everybody. They say Russia did it. Russia blew up their own um like, oh, yeah, you want me to read this? Oh, sorry. I'm here. Let me read this. Um, okay. So the Americans provided one vital element. They convinced the Sixth Fleet planners to add a research and development exercise to the program. The exercise, as made public by the Navy, involved the Sixth Fleet in collaboration with the Navy's research and warfare centers. The at-sea event would be held off the coast of Bornholm Island and involve NATO teams of divers planting mines. NATO teams of divers planting mines with competing teams using latest underwater technology to find and destroy them. So, oh, okay, sorry, I changed the page. Um... It was both a a useful exercise and ingenious cover. The Panama City boys would do their thing and the C4 explosives would be in place by the end of Ball Tops 22 with a, I've got this thing over my page here, I have to wait a second, with a 48-hour timer attached. All of the Americans and Norwegians would be long gone by the first explosion. So... That's basically what happened then, isn't it? Um, I, I am getting just so tired of all the lies. And then later on, we find out everything that they put forward. None of that was true. All of it was misinformation. And with CNN, MSNBC all of our global stations just repeating the lies and hopefully information like this as well is also communicated. It looks like they blew up their own pipeline. All right. Um, I think, is that it for today? Oh, Scott Jensen. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's run him. We talked about Scott Jensen yesterday. Take a look. 
The Wall Street Journal. Why vaccine skepticism is growing on the right. This was in the paper today. I want to talk about this. Can you feel the tectonic plates of this pandemic shifting? We had the president come out recently and say that in May, the emergency orders will be done. You are starting to see this pandemic seems to be sort of drifting away, not with a roar, but a whimper. But in the Wall Street Journal this morning, this is what we see. Authorities no doubt worry that alerting the public to potential safety risks could discourage vaccination, but their lack of transparency and dismissal of critics fuels the distrust in vaccines. Let me close with this. A doctor wrote to me today and said, the public does not generally realize that the CDC is not strictly a government entity. It receives pharmaceutical money and functions as a public-private partnership. You see, the CDC has a foundation, and pharmaceutical companies can donate heavily to the foundation. And then the CDC foundation doles the money over to the CDC. This is a common ploy. And does the FDA receive money from individual pharmaceutical companies? Yes, billions of dollars. So when the Wall Street Journal comes out and really takes a stand and said, why vaccine skepticism is growing, I think it's clear. We need to be paying attention. <laughs> we like Scott Jensen. And it, it's absolutely amazing that we're getting more and more information showing the truth. And I don't think they can continue to hide it the way that they have been hiding it. Dr. Mack has talked about them removing data. Well, when you've got shows like this right here that can literally show you the data that has been removed, can show you the truth of, of the issues, is it any wonder that the Canadian government does not want us. They want to impose this Bill C-11 to silence those that will be on the internet, to silence broadcasters that wish to put forward information like ours. Believe me, they are on a fight to shut this kind of show down, to shut rebel news down, to shut people that are speaking and telling the truth that is not the mainstream legacy media narrative. And we are in the battle of our lives. And so I thank you very much for your support of this show. Thank you that you tune in every day. You are my heroes. I love spending this time with you. And I just got something in the mail uh, yesterday from somebody, and they said, I love spending this time with you as well, Laurelyn. And so that means a lot to me. Thank you for being here. My website is laurelyn.tv. You have an opportunity there where you can communicate with us. I've been receiving lots and lots of letters. I'm trying to get back to everybody. Sometimes it's so overwhelming. I just can't do any, you know, do any more, but I'm trying to get back to everyone that writes. And I have had opportunity in the last few days on, um, you know, I've got two different emails. You can write me at Gmail or at ProtonMail. And I've been uh, communicating back with a few people, just thanking you for your input and answering questions that you might have about some of the topics that we bring up. So you're always welcome uh, to send a note to us and we will attempt to get back to you. Also, 
Thank you for your support. If you are able to go to, to the donate button, become a monthly su supporter. That's super easy. Um, they'll make, you know, it's, it's a very simple process. It'll take you a couple minutes to become a monthly supporter with us. Very easy. The other ways you can just give a one-time donation. You could send an e-transfer if you'd like to do that. If And that would go to Laura Lynn Live at protonmail.com. We also have snail mail. And you can send us an envelope. Uh, and hopefully with a note, letting us know who you are and why you care about what's happening right now. Thank you for your support. I, I thank the good pastors of this nation. I have at times said some things against the churches and how they've largely the churches, I'm going to say literally in our country, 99% have failed. But there is that group of men, the men of God, the women of God who have stood at this hour, and I appreciate them. I appreciate uh, Dr. Uh, Pastor Julio Gabelli, uh, Pastor Dave Carson, Pastor Craig in, in Calgary, where I'll be going. I don't know if we have Christine Anderson's poster, but I'll be attending her event at uh, Victory Church in Calgary, Alberta, February 18th. If you haven't got your tickets, please do so. I kind of think it's sold out. Um, but would like to, would love to see you there. Also, Remember all the good things that are happening. Keep an eye on what Dr. Trozzi is doing with Dr. Patrick Phillips and Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Byron Bridal in, in our country. They're just beginning to gather and do these events that help people to find out the truth. So stay tuned with that. Um, we have lots of information as well uh, with our guests on finances at this time. Uh, we did watch a brief video today, my husband and I, basically showing that people are having a hard time getting their funds out of the bank. And I'll tell you what, we know this to be the truth because um, finally closing off my dad's uh, will and estate and all of that, uh, there was just a, a bank account, didn't have a lot in it, but it was U.S. funds and it was in one bank in British Columbia, uh, a very well-known bank. If I said the name, all of you would know which bank it is. So it's at, let's say, right here. Well, right here is my other bank, two blocks away. And we transferred money from this bank to this bank in U.S. funds. We Well, we got a check. So I deposited the check. Do you know they are holding this check, um, the, the large majority of this check, in uh, the, they're holding it, withholding the funds because it's in U.S. dollars. And there are reports that banks are doing really bizarre things, hanging on to your money, because there is word out that at any moment, something could happen. And when I was watching this video, I brought it over to my husband. I said, well, this is the kind of thing happening to us. Because I said to them, that's quite a scam. I said to my bank, it's quite a scam that you're withholding my money till the end of February, because... It's U.S. dollars, but it came from a Canadian bank two blocks away. And you have to hold my money for a month because I put that in almost a month ago. They're holding it till the end of February. What gives? What's going on? So we try to give you the best information we can. If you'd like to buy some gold and silver that's tangible, that will be in your home, we recommend Steve Merrill. His email is sovereignize at protonmail.com. And he will answer your questions, give him a, a quick um, email. And if you're considering ordering gold and silver, we suggest now's the time. 
and uh, we can tell you all about it. It's up to you to do the hard work. Thank you very much. Thanks for being with me here today. Um, so, uh, I just had my page here. Right. Um, I'm going to read from two different chapters today. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Isn't that the truth? I want to then, there's a whole bunch that, um, I've already read this portion on air before, so I mark everything that I read ever to you. So I want to jump down now to God's uh, wisdom revealed in 1 Corinthians 2, and now this is verse 6, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. Who are those people? That is the, the principalities, the rulers of darkness, rulers in high places that take their seat of authority on this planet that do not operate under the authority of God. That is all of the occult practices by witches and Luciferians, Reiki, uh, hypnotism, palm reading, horoscopes, all of it do not have anything to do with any of that. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I want you to know something that if you love to be a powerful person, if you love to operate with wisdom, then you have got to get yourself embedded into the word of God at this hour. I recommend 1 Corinthians 1, chapters 1 and chapters 2. Just go and read it. Become familiar with what God says is wise, with the warnings about dabbling in idolatry and witchcraft, with the warnings, because it's it's just too real. You all saw the video. We, we played it for two days. If you didn't see it, go back to yesterday's show. But, you know, this um, this Grammy Award presentation of the most vile and evil, you, you know, it's all red, it's women in these, in these cages and horns on this guy's head. It's in blatant view. What they're doing, their love of the supernatural and the occult, the thing about it is it has no power over the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus trumps everything everything if you want power it's in the name of jesus if you want to see demons uh dispossessed from a human being you need to speak it in the name of jesus if you want to see true healing 
It's in the name of Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. Amen. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.